We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Patton. Jason, we're talking about a Bulls team that, as of the day we're recording this, Tuesday evening, is currently tied for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference with the Brooklyn Nets. The Bulls coming off a big win over the Denver Nuggets, 109-97, despite missing essentially half their rotation. Alex Caruso out with a hamstring injury. DeMar DeRozan, the latest player to be added to the team's COVID list. We already know Kobe White and Javante Green were there. But despite all of that, the Bulls gutted out with a thoroughly inspiring victory behind Zach Levine's second half scoring, 32 points for Levine. Uh, A pretty steady game from Lonzo Ball on both ends of the floor, finishes with 20 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 blocks. And the man of the hour, Ayo DeSumo, in his first ever NBA start, as soon as I mention his name, it brings a smile to Jason's face and probably to every Bulls fan's face at this point. Ayo goes 42 freaking minutes in his first start, pops off for 11 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 42 minutes of high-level defensive energy from Ayo. Uh, what a great fourth quarter it was for the Bulls. We've seen the Bulls be uh, fantastic in the final period consistently all season. Uh, This time the Bulls did it with several uh, hit-ahead transition plays, dunks, fully got the momentum on their side, able to secure the victory uh, while not having their closer, DeMar DeRozan. So uh, despite all the guys out in protocol right now or Caruso's lingering hamstring issue, Jace, the Bulls have won four in a row. Uh, you know, if the playoffs started today, they'd be tied for the top seed. So just uh, some some incredible vibes around the team right now, despite having so many guys out. Right. Yeah, just great vibes. And the DeRozan thing hit like an hour or two before the game, and they were talking about that they weren't sure if it was a false positive. Turns out that he is going to miss this Cavs game on Wednesday, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, you go into this game, uh, the, no, the, the Nuggets are also very shorthanded. 
missing Jamal Murray is still coming back. Michael Porter Jr. possibly out for the year with another back issue. I think P.J. Dozier is out for the season. I think what Bones, Highland, Austin Rivers, and I think someone else also, I think I think in protocols, I think it was Bull Bull. So, like, that also missing a ton of guys. But still, they got Nikola Jokic. Um, Bulls missing DeMar DeRozan, their MVP so far this year, like, easily could have been a game where they just suck it up and they lose. And, like, the first half was not pretty. They went down early. They were down 11 at one point in the first half. The Jokic minutes were just not going well for the Bulls at all. He was just carving them up when they were sending double teams. He would just find shooters, cutters, easy buckets in the offense without DeMar. Just kind of looked lost. Zach got off to a sluggish start. I mean, Io got off to a slow start too. And then the third quarter, Zach goes into takeover mode. He scored like 12 points in the last like half of that quarter. Uh, the defense starts ramping it up. Uh, Jokic, while he had a triple double, like he didn't shoot very well. I thought Vooch, Vooch did not shoot well. He was eight of 24, pretty respectable job making at least Jokic, like in straight up, like one-on-one situations, making him shoot over him, making things tough on him. The defense picks up. And then the fourth quarter bulls take advantage of the nuggets, just atrocious bench. I think the nuggets Jokic was a plus seven in that game. So the, and the bulls won by what 15, 12. So that's like what minus 19 or something like that with the non Jokic minutes, the bulls, crush the Nuggets in the non-Jokic minutes. They start that fourth quarter. They get that six-point possession. Io had some huge buckets. And just the energy from Io. And then the, the fourth quarter turned into a showtime. Just uh, lobs. Io had a lob to Lonzo. Uh, there was a Zach. Io had that little, like, flip-ahead pass with that, like, granny pass to Zach for a dunk. Derek Jones Jr. had multiple dunks. So, like, this game turned from just, like, an ugly grind-out affair into Bulls just absolutely running down the Nuggets' throats. They had 15 fast break points to zero for the Nuggets. All the highlights, just the vibes. Like you said, the vibes were absolutely incredible in that fourth quarter against the Nuggets. So, to, and so it just went and going away. Like it went again, it went from a close game to just basically a blowout. The fourth quarter was not, not competitive at all. It was, it was basically the Bulls just stunting on them. Uh, and that was awesome. Three, four straight wins, as you mentioned, that Zach Levine's second in the Bulls' second four game winning streak of the season. Remember, they started the year 4 0. So this is number two for that streak. That's awesome. I mean, even just going back, the Knicks, the Knicks game was was absolutely fucking wild uh, last week where they dominate the first half, almost blow that, but then they hold on to win. Uh, that was almost like the Portland game, but they ended up winning instead. Great close to that game. And then the Nets game, they lose Caruso after the start. Uh, and then just like DeMar and Zach controlled down the stretch of that game because that was another game where they went down 11 and just the resiliency of this team both games that the i mean all three games really the next game where you blow that huge lead and it looks like you're gonna choke they they pull it out on the road that's game they were down 11 in the third quarter they come back demar and zach take over down the stretch you win and then this nuggets game where you're struggling early you're missing demar you're missing all these guys and then you just dominate in the fourth quarter so resiliency the vibes just a ton of fun watching this team play right now yeah, I watched rewatched that Nets fourth quarter today before the podcast. And, uh, you know, if the Nets are the Bulls' biggest competition in the Eastern Conference, and, you know, that's still up for debate, uh, especially like what are the Nets going to look like towards the end of the season? Is Harden going to be any better? Is Kyrie going to be back? Uh, of course, you still have the Bucks, who may be without Brooke Lopez. We'll see. He's out indefinitely after having back surgery. I think that's kind of sneakily a huge loss for the Bucks. Like their size on the front line in having another guy who could space the floor around Giannis was a huge part of their championship run last year. I thought, but man, we've seen the Bulls play the Nets twice now. And both times the Bulls just sort of 
put the pedal to the metal when they needed to. Of course, in the first game, they absolutely torched the Nets in the fourth quarter. Yep. I want to say they hung like 42 points on that game. Steve Nash, head coach of the Nets, had the epic quote after the game. Well, we're not a contender on the level of Chicago <laughs> quite yet. And the Bulls smoked them again in the rematch. DeRozan, uh, just simply incredible in that game down the stretch. Uh, same thing with the Knicks game, too. I mean, in the Knicks game, DeRozan, once again, just like totally shot taken making. over. He had 14 points, or 18 points, I'm sorry, in the fourth quarter in that Knicks win, and only Zach Vooch and DeMar scored in the fourth <laughs> quarter against the Knicks. Just crazy. And then they, yeah, they complete the sweep with the win over Brooklyn. That was a game, too, where, you know, you see Alex Caruso start the game. He was questionable at the beginning of the game with a hamstring injury. Knocks down two threes in the first quarter, then exits the game. He clearly wasn't moving right. Yeah. You could tell he tweaked it a little bit. He was grabbing now, at it. Yeah. I was super worried about not having Caruso uh, for, you know, being an extended period of time, especially for this Nuggets game. We saw when the Bulls missed Caruso earlier this year against the Pacers, that was also sort of a, you know, in position to be a schedule loss for the Bulls. Yeah. But the Bulls look totally flat without Caruso sort of setting uh, the edge right off the bat. And what was so remarkable about the last game against the Nuggets is I felt like the Bulls kept the same brand of ball, the same style of ball, even with half of their rotation being out. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They, I mean, uh it was definitely just it's they've they've, been, they've they've got an identity right now. They've just been playing. They play hard on defense. They have the energy. I mean, Io like like Io's no Caruso. Obviously, he's still a rookie, makes a lot of mistakes, but he that's some of the energy that he at least brought to the table. Not not at the start of the game. I say Io struggled at the start of the game, but uh, just the general energy having that. Like you said, forty two minutes, uh, just incredible and stuff, and finding that next gear in the fourth quarter. Uh, so yeah, I mean just. The fact that they, that they have this next the next man up. I'm I know our guy Matt at Bloggable wrote today. Kind of he mentioned about IO uh, and just the depth in general about this team. Just like guys, like they know their roles, they know what they're supposed to do uh, coming in, and just not losing anything that much, or not losing that much coming in because they just like I said they kind of have this established identity and uh, way that they're playing right now. And like uh, the bench, I know the Nuggets bench is terrible, but like even like I mean Matt Thomas, we were ripping on Matt Thomas in like our chats. He did hit one three, but like. The, the bench of like of Troy Brown Jr., Tony Bradley, and Matt Thomas, like, and then who it was like, where, who else? The, whenever they staggered starters out there, like, they absolutely destroyed the Nuggets. So, like, they all at least played their role respectably enough. Like, Bradley and Troy Brown Jr. did great on the boards. Just the general energy. And again, Matt at Bloggable today just wrote how just like having guys, all these guys who can at least play at least a, a little bit, like, again, Matt Thomas, maybe arguable, like, he, he put him on maybe the level of Arch, but like, in recent years, they just the Bulls have had all these guys who just like who just aren't any good, like one way play, like specialty players. Uh, but right now, they just have a bunch of like energy dudes that they try hard, they battle defensively, and even though they're they are a bit short in, ter- in the shooting department, we've seen uh, the, the sometimes the issues with a lack of shooting. Like they're just they're playing hard, play f- fun, fast, push the pace when they can. They make teams work offensively for the most part, uh, and it's leading to leading to wins. And I think like what we're seeing to this point, so we're 25 games into the season, I believe. Uh, Bulls are currently sixth in offensive efficiency, fifth in defensive efficiency, 
fourth in net rating. There's only one team in the league right now in the top five of both offensive and defensive efficiency. That's the Warriors. The Suns are close. Uh, You know, there's a few other teams within shouting distance. And of course, it's still subject to change uh, just because, you know, the season is still a relatively small sample size. But I do think the sample size is significant enough at this point to crown the Bulls a contender in the Eastern Conference. Like what the Bulls have done is no fluke to this point. And Uh, You know, we've talked a bit, a lot of people have talked a bit about the Bulls parallels to the Suns last year. The Suns were a team that had not made the playoffs in 10 straight years. They make the big offseason addition with CP3. Even after they do that, people are thinking, well, maybe the Suns, you know, they should get in the playoffs. They, They might be a six seed, a seven seed. That was a thought coming into the year. Instead, the Suns turn into a team that really did not have many apparent weaknesses on both ends of the court during their playoff run. Yes, they benefited from some luck with Anthony Davis getting hurt in the first round. No Jamal Murray in the second round, no Kawhi in the third round, but they were still two wins away from a title, right? And we've seen the Suns sort of pick it up this year, right where they left off, proving that they are absolutely an elite team. Uh, You know, in the same way that that Suns run was no fluke last year, I truly think that what the Bulls are doing right now isn't a fluke. I think that uh, we saw Zach step it up big time against Denver during a period where, you know, DeRozan has sort of established himself as the alpha on this team. And a lot of people don't like when you say that they think that Zach and DeMar are truly like co-headliners in, in a sense they are, but when the game really counts, look the at the fourth quarter scoring. Hands. The fourth quarter uh, scoring is DeMar. He's the number one fourth quarter scorer, right? Yeah. And yeah. Zach, Zach is close. Zach is close. Point. But DeMar is definitely been like the main, the like 1A. Like we said it earlier in the year. It's 1A, 1B, but DeMar has been the 1A for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and to win a game like that without DeMar, and obviously, as you mentioned at the top, the Nuggets are totally banged up too. But like that was a game coming into it where you're like, well, the Bulls aren't going to win this one. And they still won, uh, you know, playing a very similar brand of ball. So just an excellent win for the Bulls against Denver and same thing against Brooklyn. I mean, those are two of the best wins of the year. And I think in general, I'm like fully on board with the Bulls as the contender. I don't know. How, do you feel any trepidation in saying that? Because of course I still think there's a scenario. Let's say they end up in like the four or five or something against Miami. I don't know like if it's really going to shake out that way. I mean, that's like a, I mean that could, if anything, that's just a, a toss up. I mean, maybe that does happen. The bulls lose in the first round, but I think that's a series where like they could easily win. Like, I feel like it's a toss up series, two right. really good teams. Like if you're assuming it does end up being, we got like Milwaukee one, I would guess. I think Milwaukee's going to end up with one seed, uh, Milwaukee one, Brooklyn two. I mean, and then three is right now. The bulls have a decent, I mean, I guess you hope you get into the three spot uh, at least. Um, I mean, maybe they could even get over the nets, but you would probably uh, four or five. If it was like four or five against Miami, like that'd be a really, I feel like unfortunate uh, first round. But I mean, Miami is, has their own problems right now. So who knows where they'll, where they'll be. I mean, Bam's out for a month plus Jimmy is hurting right now. Like they're, they, they're, they're really banged up right now too. And obviously with some older guys on that team, like it'll be a lot of the, it's, I mean, it's just fascinating to see how this East is going to shake out. I'm very confident saying bucks are going to be, I should I think as of right now should be the favorite in the East. Uh, the Nets have just so many question marks, as you said, with, I mean, Harden was awful. Uh, I know he had, I think 14 assists against the Bulls, but he just does not look, I mean, there's just no explosion there. They talked about it during the game. Like how many times would he drive and then just like leave like a little runner short, 
uh, like no explosion on the finish. Didn't get to the line. I don't, and I don't think like we, we've talked about the foul stuff. Like, I don't think the bulls weren't following him. He was just missing layups. Uh, so like, I like, he's he had not some as, I thought, I thought his first step looked good for Harden. Like there were times when he was blowing by the first line of defense, but it's like but the explosion nothing the in the last step, right? Yeah, right. Like in, for the last step, it just seems like he's not elevating the same yeah. way he would before exactly. and the shots he's throwing up. Uh, whereas before those were like money shots for him within like five feet of the basket are not even close. So Harden really does not look like the same play. Yeah. Like I thought at the beginning, at the beginning of his struggles that, Oh, maybe it's just the lingering effects of the hamstring injury. He also couldn't train the whole off season. You could factor in the rule changes a little bit, but you know, one thing about Harden is we've always known he doesn't exactly take care of his body to an elite degree, right? Like, (laughs) He is a party boy. He's this generation's premier NBA partier. There was even a moment this season where like someone mentioned like, oh, how does it feel to be in like the 3010 club or something? He's like, club, where's the club? <laughs> so Harden, I mean, he he's an all-time great player, in my opinion. A lot of people hate on Harden. Oh, he's, but, awesome. he's incredible, incredible resume. But it's totally possible his prime is on the way down. Yeah, right. and that changes everything for the Nets, like especially with Kyrie, with who knows what's going on there. Like, even if Kyrie does come back, if Harden is just like normal, Kyrie hasn't been playing for a while, and who knows when he'll play again. I mean, that cha- that makes the Nets go from like to- seemingly totally unbeatable to sure you could have a chance uh, in them in a series if you get some things go right. So, like, and we saw it last year. I'm, I mean, KD is still obviously awesome, and in a playoff series, Kevin Durant in almost every series he's going to be the best player on the court. And he almost, even with Harden's injury and with Kyrie's injury last year, he almost basically single-handedly beat the Bucks. And like you never want to count him out, but and it, it just thins the margin of error a ton for them. And especially if Harden just, I mean, Harden basically right now is like a little better version of what the Nets got in the playoffs last year, I guess. So like it, it definitely just makes things a lot more interesting. And then just like all these, this whole mash of teams here. I mean, again, you have Boston, Washington's kind of coming back to earth a bit. Uh, uh, who else am I missing here? I mean, the Hornets are pretty good, but I think the Bulls are better than the Hornets. Uh, the, Horn- the, the Hornets yeah, can't like play the defense. The 76ers are the ones. Sixers, yeah, the Sixers, yeah, yeah. Super, like, who knows what they're going to do. I mean, with the Simmons stuff, and Embiid's been out, and we'll see what, what they do with the Simmons trade. You have to think that's going to happen. Obviously, there's been some some of that uh, chatter coming up again with, with the Blazers and whatever the hell they're going to do with. Uh, with their whole situation, uh, if they do do like a McCollum trade, but as of right now, apparently the Sixers still don't want to do that. Sixers might just be hanging on for Dame. Uh, and if they do, I guess good luck to them. Maybe they do pull it off, but I mean, the Bulls have never beaten Joel Embiid in his career. So like they still, they're 0-2 against him this season, a team they still have to prove they can beat. There's just a and the Hawk. I haven't even mentioned the Hawks. And I still think the Knicks are a decent team. Like the Knicks can come back. They're kind of a mess right now, but I mean, they've had three hard fought games, kind of toss up games between those two teams. So there's just like so much quality depth in the East right now. Just, it's kind of weird to see the, the East actually be like the, the superior conference so far. But uh, I know like at the top, the Warriors, Warriors, Jazz and Suns are all elite teams right now, but the rest of it's just kind of a mishmash and the East has just way more depth there. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. It is great to bank all these wins though, to get to 17 and eight, the Bulls have a little breathing room between some of these other teams. And you talk about just like believing them or not. I saw, our guy Mark Silverman tweeted today, uh, and I know you responded to that. He asked, and we're already at the point already now where he asked if you would take this, the current team, or the 2010-2011 team. And I think that's kind of wild to, to go like there already. I do understand like the idea of 
this Bulls team has two like legit whatever one A one B guys with Zach and Demar, uh, and that team had Derrick Rose as the MVP, but Lou Dang was like the number two score. Still, that team won sixty two games or whatever it was they won. Derrick Rose was an MVP. They had the best defense in the league, arguably the best bench in the league. Uh, they had at that time, whatever you think of Tom Thibodeau now, like he was considered one of the best coaches in the NBA. Like I can't be going, I like, I'm not, I'm not all in this far to say like this bulls team is as good as that team. Uh, because I mean, they, they went to the Eastern conference finals. They went toe to toe with LeBron's big three, even though they only lost in five games. But I mean, besides that first game, every game was basically down to the wire. I can't say this bulls team is going to be like definitely better than that team. You can maybe see like if if they maybe add one more like legitimate piece. I think I think this Bulls team is right now one like more really good player away from. I think we can talk about like maybe this team can actually go to the NBA Finals. So I'm not quite like they're as good as that D like peak Tibbs D Rose teams. But I mean obviously after 25 games to be 17 and eight while missing key rotation guys. I know a lot of teams are missing guys, especially with weird COVID stuff going on. So like it's really damn impressive, and the Bulls look like a team that should win at least 50 low fifties right now, because I think they're on pace for like 55 wins, something like that. Said so I don't know if they're going to get to there, but they can easily win in the fifties. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So my question is, if they do move, make a move for another piece, do you think that piece closes out games for them? Because right now, I think the Bulls have a really dependable closing unit when everyone's healthy of Caruso, Lonzo, Zach, DeMar, Vooch. So a lot of people have talked about, well, the Bulls need one more piece. I've seen, I think, Mark from Bulls HQ and uh, various other podcasts. Mark does a great job, of course, say they need, you know, another top 60 to 70 player to truly be a contender. And of course that would be wonderful, but I wonder like, even if they do swing a big move, is that player going to close out games for them? Because what they have right now seems so dependable when everyone's healthy. Yeah. Because obviously their their best lineup. uh, And the one we talked about from the new year is Caruso in place of whoever that, whatever for the power forward was in place of Pat when Pat started the year place of Javante. We want, we just want Caruso to basically start now once he gets back on the court. Um, and like if to who, I guess it could depend on who they bring in. It could also just end up being like matchup dependent as well. Like, uh, I think I could see times where if they brought in a, I know people have talked about Harrison Barnes, our guy more loves talking about the Harrison Barnes idea. If they go after someone like Jeremy Grant, I guess, like if they play like really small 
and like try to go super versatile. I'm it is it's hard to take Vooch off the court even during his struggles just because he can space the floor and his passing is so important. But I think I guess the, I guess a guy like Grant or Barnes could also play over Caruso sometimes. But you really want Caruso on the court for his defense. So it is kind of hard, like looking through like who would you would take off the court. I think again, I think it could be matchup dependent, uh, stuff like that. Maybe how a game is going, how a player is playing. You could also well, just help got, that. Go ahead. I got the numbers up now. So that closing lineup has played 189 total possessions. Again, this is Ball, Caruso, Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic. 189 total possessions. They are scoring 119.6 points per 100 possessions which would be the best offensive rating in league history. Defensively, they're giving up 90. Oh, wait, am I reading this right? I think I am. Okay. So defensively, they're giving up 99 points per 100 possessions. So they're plus 20.6 points per 100 possessions with that closing lineup. Uh, That lineup gets to the foul line. Uh, You know, it's got multiple half court playmakers. It could still score in transition. So I think like when I try to view the bowls as a true contender, I think about them view the prison prism of like what, what that lineup can do and who they can compete against. And like, personally, I think that that lineup is good enough to compete against the upper echelon of the league. Now, a hamstring injury is really tough for Caruso. Those tend to linger, especially when he tried to push it already when he was questionable against the Nets and immediately got hurt. So uh, to, you know, to that point for one second, shout out to the Bulls medical staff for being like, hey, you need to sit the fuck down. We're not like going to risk this. Good job to them. because We know so much history in the past about the Bulls, about guys, the hashtag Fred cleared him, having guys push through injuries when it's not necessary. Silly ass medical stuff. Good job to the Bulls medical staff for watching Crusoe linger through or labor through that and saying, dude, you are sitting down. We're going to sit you down for at least a week here. Hopefully it's not too much longer. If it's got to be, it is what it is. But uh, a good job for them to at least recognize that and sit him down and not have, have him play. I, I get him trying to play through it. Once they realize it was not a good idea, sit him down. Good good job, Bulls Medical Center. Go ahead. Yeah, and they still won that game without him, which yeah. is incredible. Like, yeah, just just a, uh, such an inspired performance from the Bulls this week, despite you know plenty of excuses for them to take a step back. Now, I mean, we could look at the schedule moving ahead too, like without DeRozan. So DeRozan, here's the news. He's going to be out for 10 days, right? Or two negative tests. So that would be about five games he's going to miss. Uh, each and every one of those games is going to be really difficult without DeMar. And one is a Pistons be, game. They should win that hope, game, you would hope, easily. <laughs> but at Cleveland is kind of a tough game now. Then at Miami... You have home against the Pistons, which, like you said, should be an easy Gotta win. Got to win that one. Then at Toronto and versus tough. the Lakers. Yeah, that's yeah, that's all tough. I mean, the Cavs are feisty as hell. They've been really impressive. Uh, there'll be a Lowry Markin revenge game in there. Not Denzel, because Denzel doesn't play for them. and <laughs> His numbers are terrible. But Cavs have been really feisty. Like, I mean, it would not surprise me at all if the Cavs win that game. They played a ridiculously hard schedule, and they're still over 500. And they've missed a ton of guys as well, the health stuff. So, like... Uh, they've been playing really, really well with their big ball, and Darius Garland has has been awesome, kind of breaking out at the point guard spot. Uh, the Heat, the Heat game will be interesting because again, Bam out is out. Tonight. Bam is out. Yeah, Jimmy. Who knows if he's gonna be back? He missed a couple games, tried to come back last night, and then got hurt again. Like I could see them sitting him for a bit. I know that's a road game, but if the Heat are missing Jimmy and Bam, that's a game you got to go win. Even if you're down, Demar. If you if you have 
If you have Zach Vooch and Lonzo playing, you got to go to Miami and win that game. If they're down their two best players. Uh, and then again, you got to beat Detroit at Toronto will be tough for sure. And that'd be a bummer if DeMar misses the Toronto game. I think, I think right as of right now, he probably would. Um, yeah. And then Lakers, I mean, obviously I know the Lakers haven't been great, but they're still the Lakers. If they are all healthy, that's a really talented team. So yeah, I mean, it just obviously a huge bummer again, but, um, I mean, all these teams are dealing with all this COVID stuff and all these injuries. I think I saw, what was it? Was it yesterday or I saw someone tweet that there were like over a hundred players, like total on the NBA injury report over 10 games. Just like, so, so many guys missing time, whether it's COVID, whether it's regular injuries, like all these teams are dealing with it. But the fact that the Bulls, again, the Bulls are banking wins is a, is just a great sign and the resiliency that they've showed this season. Can we just do an IO appreciation corner really oh, quickly? Yeah. Because Absolutely. he was obviously one of the big stories yeah. of yesterday. Billy said he pulled him into his office about an hour before tip-off, told him he was making his first start. And Io started that game in pretty rough fashion, oh, as we've seen Io do. Fumbled a couple few passes, like fast breaks. <laughs> so he falls right under the basket, like yeah. one of the first possessions of the game. Then he just like drops the ball at one point when he had another easy layup. But he doesn't let the bad plays drag him down. And it's such a refreshing breath of air after watching Wendell Carter, who very much got in his own head whenever he struggled, Patrick Williams, you know, constant record scratching whenever he missed two shots in a row, right? He was always questioning himself in his jump shot. That does not happen with Io. And Io is just incredible, man. He's so good. He seamlessly pulled off the transition from college star to ace NBA role player. And you think like in college, he was basically playing a lot of times like he was James Harden, right? Like he was the guy with the ball in his hands, the vast majority of the time for Illinois. And he still has some of that ability from time to time. Like there was a possession in the second half against the Nets where end of shot clock ball swings around to IO. He takes one dribble and pulls up for like a 16 foot baseline jumper cans it. That's not a shot you want him taking in the NBA unless it's towards the end of the shot clock. But would you do get him in that situation? Like he has sort of the skill set and the wherewithal and the experience to be able to connect on shots like that. And then in general, I just love the way he attacks open space. I think like, you know, he has a he he like is set on trying to force a transition opportunity whenever he can yeah, sometimes it's like too ambitious like with sometimes he'll try to drive into multiple guys or he'll go he'll drive like hard for a layup and it gets blocked he's been blocked a lot on layups but like that's because he always thinks that he, like, he can he can get there like he just never he's just like no fear there that's something he'll have to learn for sure to be a little smarter on some of those situations but it helps him in others just to to create those transition opportunities we definitely saw that against the, the nuggets Yeah, and just like such an awesome game for him, man. To go 42 minutes in your first start, uh, he did it all in that game. And the Bulls just seem like they found a huge, huge part of the team in Io. I think that what Io is doing, like maybe his three-point shooting will fall off. Right now, I believe he's shooting 42% on threes. But again, he's only taking wide open threes. But yeah, that will probably fall off. But like his energy, his length, his activity, that travels every single game. And every time you have a team that really surprises people, you need a few guys to sort of rise up out of nowhere and become contributors. At the start of the year, I thought, well, Io is not going to see the floor most of this year. Uh, You know, we saw Io in summer league sort of struggle when he was like the focal point of the team. 
you know, I was not counting on IO to be a contributor this season whatsoever. All right. So that's totally out the window. Like we saw the Bulls play Kobe over IO in the rotation, uh, you know, for the Hornets game, a couple others uh, earlier this year. And, you know, part of me thinks that that's all right at this point in the season, just because IO's got such a great mentality, right? Like he didn't lose anything that makes him so impactful when his role did diminish and they put Kobe ahead of him in the rotation, Kobe goes out with COVID and IO immediately just like steps it up and has been killing it. And, uh, you know, you can think back to like Cameron Payne last year for the Suns, basically every team that sort of surpasses expectations has a few guys who are on, you know, considered on the fringes of the roster who end up becoming really impactful players. And I was one of those with Bobby Portis. He is. Absolutely found money for the Bulls right now. And he's just pure joy personified on the court, too. Like when he comes in, obviously he's getting a loud ovation. They introduced him yesterday from, yeah. from Chicago in his first start. Billy Donovan had a great quote after the game where he's like, Yeah, imagine being Io in seventh grade, sitting on the couch, being like, Yeah, I'm gonna play for the Chicago Bulls one day when he's been in the city his entire life. And uh it, it's just such a good story. And watching Io have so much early success just just fills up my heart. <laughs> yeah. so awesome the, the from Chicago thing takes you to Derrick Rose when that's how he was introduced at the United Center. So that had that just had to feel really awesome, like you said, for the hometown kid to get that in his first start. Uh, yeah, I mean, it has been just really, really cool. And to the back to like the the Kobe IO thing, and we, we've talked about this before about like Kobe like not really earning his minutes like over over IO, who has kind of earned more playing time. I really don't mind giving Kobe a chance. We've we have had long conversations on the pod in our in our little Bulls group Twitter group chat that we have about what to do about kind of those minutes and what to do with Kobe because Kobe's in a spot right now where like the Bulls are winning games and like he's got to be able to contribute positively otherwise he's got to get benched. But the problem is if Kobe is playing where in a situation where like if he makes one or two mistakes and he's getting yanked for IO, that's probably a disaster for him. So like when he does come back, like he's like, I'm fine giving him a bit more time. We always, we knew it was going to be a bit of, we had to be a little patient for him, but like there's going to get to a point when we're getting towards the latter half of the year. If Kobe, I mean, there's always the, the trade deadline. He could be a trade piece, but as we're at least getting up to the trade deadline, there's going to be a point where Kobe White's going to have to either put up or shut up. And if he's not playing well, he's getting yanked. I mean, IO should be ahead of him in the rotation. He said, I'm fine giving Kobe some more chances when he does get back because as we have talked about, we do think there is a place for him on this team with his microwave shooting, but he hasn't really given it yet, at least not no, no, not consistently. And if he's not giving it, and he's not, or if he's not playing defense well enough, Billy can, should not hesitate to give those minutes to Io, and maybe they just trade Kobe and just get, find him a new home and try to get uh, an upgrade somewhere else because Io is proving that he can play uh, not only just like be like a solid bench guy, but that he can play high leverage minutes. Uh, he was on just he's the last few games he's been on the court in key moments and he hasn't really folded. He's made big plays. Uh, so that's huge. So that's found money for a second round rookie. And yeah, and he's earning more and more time. And Kobe's gonna have to step up himself. Otherwise, he's going to find himself either out of the rotation or possibly on a new team. I do think that they need like a knockdown shooter yeah. on the perimeter. And it's sort of nice. Like we heard about Cardin Chauvis how much he values shooting uh, when he was hired. And like, really, it seems like what he values is like size on the perimeter and guys who could turn defense into offense in those guys. 
have been shooting pretty well. Like I would be an example of that. Uh, obviously Lonzo's shooting the ball very well from deep so far. Caruso has been a little up and down, but I think without looking at the numbers, he's still at about 35, 36% from three. So it's good that those guys are hitting shots, but we've seen the Bulls struggle against the zone. Uh, and I think they are going to need someone who has a similar skill set to Kobe on the bench. So yeah. I'm not panicking about Kobe just because he was basically sidelined for like what, four, five, six months yeah. with the injury. What I would like to see though, is send him down to the G League. There's no downside to it, in my opinion. And guys are putting up some crazy numbers in the G League last year. I watched a lot of BJ Boston last season. Oh, yeah. He was my number two prospect at the start of the year coming into the draft, ends up going in the second round. BJ Boston was like really bad at Kentucky. This year in the G League, he dropped like a 45-point game or a 48-point game or something. So let Kobe go down there, in my opinion. Let him ball okay, out. Let him get his confidence up. And, uh, you know, you could bring him back then. But just get healthy now. Like there is a COVID outbreak through the team. DeRozan retweeted LeBron's tweet about <laughs> there being wants- something fishy going on. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if DeRozan's able to return before the 10 days, but I mean, COVID is still like a lingering factor in this season for the bulls and for every other team. So hopefully all these guys can get healthy. And, uh, you know, what is encouraging though is when Vooch tested positive for COVID, he came back and like a week later, he was playing his best ball of the season. So I'm hoping hoping that these aren't like long haul cases yeah. that are going to affect some of the Bulls key pieces. And I, I think I read somewhere, too, that they're all about to get boosted. Like the whole team is about to like get their booster shots if they haven't already. So uh, it's going to be tough to win these games with these guys out over the next week. But what a start against the Nuggets. Yeah, absolutely. Last few things here before we wrap up. Did you enjoy seeing Nikola Jokic? Uh, and Nikola Vucevic and Marko Simonovic and Vladko Kanka are hanging out, hanging out after the game last night. That uh, I know a lot of Bulls fans are having some fun with that. Uh, apparently, Jokic says they like him and Vuce like to play Counter Strike against each other. But uh, I know a lot of people were uh, having some fun with that and uh, the possible 2023 plan. We, we talk about like Bulls upgrades and like not going to happen this season. But like when you're talking about looking at that lineup uh, and like how would you like if you got somebody to like actually be better, I put Jokic in that boot spot and there you go. There's your NBA championship team. You got Zach Lonzo, DeMar Caruso, Jokic. There's your title team again, not happening this year, but like uh, in a year, two years, free agency, Nicole Jokic, Vooch is doing recruit. Vooch is going to, Vooch is going to be like 33. Vooch will be back. Uh, He can be Jokic's backup. Uh, And Jokic comes in and leads the bulls and (laughs) leads the bulls to glory. I love it. I thought the Counter-Strike comment was hilarious. I saved that. And yeah, I mean, we've been talking about that since they hired Carter Shows, right? He's the guy who has the longstanding connection with Jokic since uh, he declared for the draft. Carter Shovis allegedly sort of convinced Jokic to enter that draft back in the day. So that would be totally insane. I'm not going to get my hopes up too high for that yet, but... Uh, you know, if the goal of this season was to make the Bulls attractive to future stars, well, that's definitely been accomplished. Like we've heard Durant wax poetic about how highly he thinks of the Bulls. Uh, it's clear that Jokic, you know, has respect for the Bulls, especially given the Karnaschovas connection. So it seems, uh, it seems that Mark, that Eversley, awesome. Mark Eversley in demand. Uh, he's being thrown around as a possible uh, Blazers president, which I mean, I think that points basically Damian Lillard thinks very highly, highly of him. Uh, so yeah, the bulls definitely looking way more attractive these days. 
final thing here in terms of like talking about trades and how to upgrade this roster, just, uh, I mean, I guess looking at the Blazers and even the Pacers, because a lot of reporting out already this week uh, with the Blazers looking to make trades. Uh, I don't like, I, said, I don't think they're going to trade Dame yet. Dame is not asked out yet, but uh, Bulls aren't trading for CJ McCollum, obviously, but like, would you have any interest in a guy like Robert Covington? And then looking at the Pacers reporting comes out today, they're ready to go into a rebuild and that like Karis Levert, Sabonis, Miles Turner. Like, do you have any interest in any of those guys? Like I know like Turner, like I don't know how you'd play Turner and Vooch together. Uh, like Turner needs to be protecting the rim. Like this, I mean, you can't have Vooch running around like chasing for most fours. I feel like I, I don't know that, but like how that, like e- either, either one of those guys, Sabonis could be a little more interesting, I guess, but like, I don't know if Sabonis at the four and Vooch at the five, how that would work. I mean, maybe with the, with the defensive guys they have, maybe maybe that would still be all right. And then, uh, I mean, you're not trading for Karis Levert. I don't think any of those other guys the Pacers have. I mean, TJ Warren, maybe. He's been hurt, obviously. They, they can't trade Brogdon because he signed an extension. Covington could be interesting as, another, as a big wing type to replace like Patrick Williams. I know he's been kind of bad this year, I think. But any, for me, either of those teams, any of those guys interest you at all uh, for the Bulls to try to go after. Well, I think like you got to think about what do the Bulls need if they are going to add another piece to this team. I think you probably need a backup five who's more comfortable with the ball in his hands than Tony Bradley. When Bradley was inserted into the starting lineup and opposing teams would trap DeRozan or Levine, Bradley just didn't have the decision-making or passing chops to like, beat teams in those compromised positions. So uh, I still don't totally want to write off Bradley. I thought Bradley gave the Bulls some good minutes this past week just by being gigantic and uh, being able to be a deterrent at the rim in a way that no one else on this roster is. But yeah, an upgraded backup five is a guy who's more comfortable with the ball. I mean, I guess Nurkic obviously sees himself as a starting five, but like, he like that'd be he'd be like an ideal I feel like backup five or he wouldn't be better I don't know I don't know what his contract is it might I don't know what it would take to get him but like Nurkic is decent with the ball in his hand for like at least a, a backup five he'd be better than Tony Bradley that's for sure and then I'd also like a big four who could maybe slide over to play some more small ball five give you some size inside I think a four or five hybrid would be really nice for the bulls. They've sort of shoehorned Derek Jones into that spot, man, dude, I love Derek Jones. Derek (laughs) Jones is length, athleticism, energy, every single game. It seems like he's popping off the screen there. You know, they've moved him, you know, from a perimeter player when he's playing the four, hitting some spot up threes. That's not the strong suit of his game. We've seen him really thrive as a role man. And he like does offer a little bit more passing and decision-making than a typical backup five in that spot. But yeah, I think they either need a four or five. How about something like Robert Covington? Yeah, that's right. Who, I mentioned him. <laughs> uh, you know, was the Blazers big off season edition traded two first round picks for him two years ago. Covington has long been one of the more underrated defenders in the league, but it doesn't seem like Portland's using him the right way. Like Covington's best skill is his ability to be sort of like a roamer free safety type. I mean, kind of like the passing lanes, right? Like he's not like on ball, not the best, I think, but like off ball defense, like you said, roamer, maybe some like rim protection there. So like, I guess you're kind of replacing Pat and maybe, uh, he's still a decent shooter, so something, yeah, something like that. That that was kind of my thought with the Covington thing is that he'd basically just kind of be like a veteran version of Pat, maybe a little better. Yeah, I think like that. That's probably the type of guy they would be looking at. 
if they were to uh, make an addition to this roster. Yeah, I mean, again, and Harry Harrison Barnes kind of kind of fits that as well. Maybe not as good defensively, but like six eight, six nine, kind of versatile, versatile three and D type guy with a, he's got a little extra offensive juice. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think we definitely both agree that the Bulls. I think will probably they'll be aggressive, especially now that they are seventeen and eight. They're in this position where with the East kind of wide open. I know there's a lot of good teams, but with no one looking super, super dominant right now, like the Bulls, they've, I mean, I think they have the top point average point differential in the, in the East uh, that they could be right in there with this thing. That the, Any move that you can make maybe this for this season, I know you worry about giving up too much. They're already out a lot of first round picks, whatever, but and I know you worry about giving up too much more of your future, but if you're right there and there's an opportunity to make a move to go to help your team right now, this season with where they're at, uh, you probably got to go look to do it. So it will be interesting. Uh, we, next, we're a week away. December 15th, we think we might start maybe seeing a little more action. But December 15th is when uh, guys that signed this past offseason can be traded. Uh, that's where I think a lot of the people are looking for maybe, for maybe a Ben Simmons trade coming. Uh, and maybe we'll see some other moves around the league starting in the next week or two. So it'll be, definitely be interesting to see for sure. Ricky, you have any final thoughts here? Now you can wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it up. So again, Looking ahead the rest of this week here, we have the Bulls at Cleveland, 6 p.m. Chicago time Wednesday. Uh, It's going to be a tough game. And then at Miami on Saturday night. So a couple tough games here. Uh, I mean, a lot of these games just have been really tough, but the Bulls have been winning them. So uh, we'll see how that that goes the rest of the week. See how long DeRozan's out, Caruso's out probably in the next week sometime. But uh, hopefully they just keep playing well and hopefully there aren't any other more injuries. So as always from us here at cash considerations, a channels podcast, shout out to the blue wire network, please. If you like what we're doing here at cash, go check out all the other great pods or some whatever, what other other great pods you like to that you want to look into across the blue wire network. We got just tons of stuff. We're in the middle of the NBA season. We got middle of the NFL season, just tons of great stuff, content all across the blue wire network. So go, go please check out all that other other stuff for us here at cash as always please give us those five star ratings on apple Podcasts. let us know how we're doing leave us reviews that helps us out helps us get better helps our ratings on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast we're also on spotify stitcher google Podcasts, all those good places uh for twitter i am at bulls underscore j ricky is at sbn underscore sbn underscore ricky and again shout out to the maker of our sweet new intro that is fuzz gun go check out a soundcloud so for us here at cash considerations the chicago bulls podcast we will be back probably sometime next week i'm going to be out basically uh for this weekend it's my wedding anniversary five years exciting stuff so uh we'll be back sometime next week um after these couple games this week so uh we'll talk to you guys next time take it easy It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.